This is the official Caps Shirt Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Show, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hey, hey, hey. Caps fans, we've got an incredible Thursday episode for you as it drops on podcast viewing or listening, I should say. But we are streaming on Sunday, as we always do. We release episodes Monday and Thursday on all the places that you can find podcasts. So check us out. Monday is typically a week in review for the Washington Capitals, plus league news <clears throat> and anything else that we want to talk about. But this what you're getting right here, it's the it's the creamy nougat of who we are and what we think is important. And we're just going to pontificate about whatever we feel like it. And, you know, you're just victim to it. Thank us later. Thank us later with a smile. <laughs> All right. Let's pause some tabs and get it going. What do you think, Polly? All right. One, two, three. All right. So. It's been brought to my attention in between recording sessions here that I absolutely biffed it on Monday's episode and did not go over the troll pool in which I promised all of our loyal and loving listeners and, and, and followers that we would be reading comments and, and going over the troll pool. So for that, I apologize. Uh, it'll never happen again. I'm, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what to say, Paul. What, what can I do to make amends? Uh you know, well, first of all, I'd like to say that I'm looking back through the outline, and I think you had Trollpole in there twice, and you still missed it. Okay. All right. Um, well, we don't have to pile on here, but okay. But uh, <laughs> the way you can make up for it is by taking care of it right now. Exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you for your forgiveness, and thank you for your, you know, being so benevolent, Polly. Thank you. That's why you're here. <clears throat> Am I right. not merciful? Right. Polly the Merciful. <laughs> the, the, the Merciful Saint of Cupcakes. Forever and ever and ever. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, Caps fans. So the p- troll poll for last week was, are the Washington Capitals a playoff team? And with the asterisks, all comments will be read on Monday's Epi, but it will be on today's Epi, Thursday's Epi. 84% of you said no. 16% of you said yes. Out of 91 votes, this is a hot topic. A pretty good pretty good uh, vote counter for us on the troll poll. Um, I will I will now read the uh, the posts here. Of course, we had to tag all caps, hashtag all caps, in the first response. Um, Schwarf at Schwarf's said, hard pass is as likely to make the playoffs as the caps are. This is obviously a dig at, at me. Uh, this is a beer league insider joke. It's really not worth explaining, but I will. Uh, Hard Pass is a team that has been recently had to take one session off. There's usually four sessions if you play beer league. It's usually four sessions a year, uh, at least where we are outside Pittsburgh. And um, yeah, we had a lot of guys leave and form their own their own team. Uh, Polly, do you know anything about that? You know, yeah. about, uh, you know anything about uh, a, a long-standing team, almost on a decade long, just taking have to take a season off because of lack of players? Yeah, I, I do know that there were um, a lot of long-standing players who did not commit, and so a few of the recent additions decided to continue elsewhere. Mm. 
elsewhere, though they could have committed a hard pass, but did not. Well, you know, they may not have, but there were plenty of other gaps that weren't filled. Okay, well, hey, you know, I'm sure that that's what people in 1930s Germany were saying when... Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Well, I'm just, hey, you know, I mean, I'm sure that, that my statement's true, your statement's true. We can just sit here and just say st- true statements the whole time. But the <laughs> oh, fact of the matter, cool. the fact of the fucking matter is, Polly, you did, you answered the call. And and through this line of explicitives that have been, expletives, I should say, have, that have been thrown around in this thread, uh... Schwarf did respond. He did clap back and say, let the record show that an offer was extended. Now, Hockey Troll did get an offer. I was not snubbed off of this team, and I would absolutely, I believe, would have been a value added to this team. I did not answer the bell. And that was more, it was It was more so I would, because uh, I'm just not in the financial position right now to be, like, committing to a bunch of hockey teams. And I think you also kind of... Uh... You were gramps out. I was gramps out. What does that mean? Like you're you didn't want to be gramps on the team. Oh yes, that's true. I did not want to be the oldest member of the team. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, and and I like a lot of the guys on the team. I like them all, really. I like them all, but I just don't know them. Yeah. To the you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know them because of the age gap. They're all guys from Wheeling, and you know, hope they go win the ship, get Wheeling another you know ship here, but. I just, they're not, I just don't know them that well. And I just figured, you know, I, I play hockey now with guys that I really enjoy. I know I'll enjoy playing and it's not going to be like a shit show. So, uh, that's how it is. Um, but Hey, you know, good for you, Paul. I hope you have the most success. How many fucking games have you played with this team? Uh, one. Okay. Well, it's the stat line. Tell us the stat that's line. That's when I wore my. That's when I wore my Santa pants. Yeah, that you were bursting out of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. Um, three assists. Three assists in one game. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Yeah, I think I think one was a nice feed, and then two were deflections off of point shots. Interesting. Wow, Paul. Good for you. Sounds like you're yeah, kind of a passenger, though. I'll be honest. Yeah, three assists, passenger. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, at Chris617M, the youth is developing well, but the team is still too old and injured. Uh, I would somewhat agree. I think those are valid points. Uh, at real John, at real underscore John underscore C, uh, just puts up a LMAO Washington Capitals 6.6%. Uh, and that's the odds in which the Washington Capitals are going to, that's the Vegas line on the Capitals making the playoffs. So, you know, that hasn't changed much from the beginning of the season, to be completely honest. But yeah, laughable. Um, Vegas never loses, folks. Uh, professional idiot Jack at. Jack Belden, 56. This team has no business being on the playoffs. It's time to tank. I don't know if I totally agree with that, but I could see, you know, I, I put this poll out. I put this poll out right after the Hurricanes loss. So, of course, 
recency bias is a factor in this highly scientific research study. Yeah. Um, let's look. Sam Howell season at SZN underscore Howell. I think we're a WC uh, wildcard two team, but we're going to get obliterated in round one. Uh, I would probably agree with that. Blue liner on point at BLUL liner uh, 98. Not right now, maybe next year, but the kids are looking great. Also agree with that. And uh, 13th colony at not keeping 88 decided to be a little smart. And he, and I'm waiting for, I was honestly waiting for this. I think Kayla did this uh, a couple polls ago, but he tweeted, he or, or they tweeted. I don't know who these people are. I shouldn't say he, I just assume it's a guy because, you know, I feel like our, I feel like no chicks are listening to this, but if you are, thank you so much. We love you. All of you, no matter who you are. Um, her patter, batter patter, Hegan, Fleegan, Flagan, Flogan. Riveting stuff. Riveting stuff there. Yeah. So it seems hey, like. Oh, I gotta, go I gotta. You can't be forgetting about B at Who? Kiss Up a Rope. Was that on the poll? No, no. I'm, I'm saying. Uh, you said you think it's only dudes. She's always tweeting at us. That's true. Love you, mean it. At piss. Absolutely. At, what's this? What's the handle again? Piss up a rope. <laughs> Love that. Love it. Okay. So, you know, looks like people were at an all-time low. Capstones are at an all-time low at this point after the Hurricanes lost. Uh, or, I mean, after, after the Hurricane lost. And, you know, I think I agree with a lot of this stuff. I mean, look, it looks like the team right now is, has no business at that point, at least. Has no business being in the playoffs. I've maintained, you know, I gave, I thought, Polly, we were being very reasonable Caps fans, giving the Caps 20 games to get it together in those 20 games, they look like pretty damn good. And then I said, okay, well now here's the real season because good or bad. I said, we would not take the team seriously, good or bad until post 20 games. Now that we're taking the team seriously, it has not been great. It's not been terrible, but it's not been good by any stretch of the imagination. And I think a lot of what these people are saying, youth looks good. We're clapped out on the old end. You know, Ovi's not scoring. You know, Caps fans are really on their shit right now, on their bullshit. You know, they're they're really feeling themselves in a, in the worst way possible. They are, and it is kind of comical that they looked the best during the twenty game uh, grace period. Right, right. I mean, that's just that's pretty typical. I mean, you know, the Caps have been notorious for coming out the gate hot. They always do it. They have really good first front of the season, and then they limp into the playoffs. Hopefully, you know, we can reverse that, you know, have a good season the whole way through or, you know, maybe good, bad, good. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be new and exciting. Right. And all of this, again, is before All-Star break. So we're not even halfway through the season, folks. I mean, it's not it's not completely over. But taking as many L's as we have to division rivals who are right on our heels or right above us, it's not a good look. I mean, that that really does have playoff implications for the end of the year, especially when you're only going up against these teams a couple times, uh, or you have a, a further season series that you have to battle uphill with. I will say that of the division rivals that we've played and of the people that are in the hunt that we've played and have a series against, while we may have extracted points from them in an expert way, the goal differential 
the games that we won by were close. And the games that we lost by were fucking terrible. You know, I think that probably a couple of these um, a couple of these matchups probably have us at a negative goal differential, but positive in points. And that is what I would call a statistical anomaly. That is a big word coming from you. Yeah, no, thank you. You know, I am incredibly smart and intelligent, good looking, super athletic, body, muscle composition of an elite power athlete, you know, just all those things. Two truths and a lie. So let's sort that out. Mm, let's go. All right. We'll let the we'll let the listeners figure that one out for themselves. But I think that uh that we should get into the hockey troll hip check. Let's not prolong this. Let's talk about Spencer Carberry. What do you think? Let's do it. This is the hockey troll hip check. Okay, folks, I'll, I'll just go there. I'm just going to start it off. I'm, uh, I'm going to give it to you raw, as we always do, um, here on the Washington or on the Official Capture Podcast. Is Spencer Carberry the right coach implementing the right systems for the Washington Capitals right now? You know, let's, let's take a step back. Let's look at how he came in here, got hired. He was a shiny new toy for the Washington Capitals and their fans at the start of the season, you know, deservedly so. He's got a pedigree. The guy's a player, turned coach, and excelled at every level. Uh, history with the team as well, you know, with the Stingrays in the ECHL, with the Hershey Bears in the AHL, uh, is both a player and a coach with the Stingrays, and then as a coach with uh, the AHL club. Um, and then got moved to one of the most high-profile teams, got hired by one of the most high-profile teams to take over the power play, be kind of an offensive-minded coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, in this role with Toronto, had a, a stable, an embarrassment of riches, if you will, on the offensive side, uh, but was clicking during his tenure at the, as the number one power play in Toronto. Number one. Quite a good feat. Washington Capitals have been there before, but haven't in five, six years. Yeah. It's, Those it's were the days. The golden years, if you will. You know, I mean, think about it. You got Ovechkin. As a, back in that day, the Caps were so dominant on the power play. They were clicking it like it's sometimes a 30% success rate. That is world-beating numbers. One in three power plays we were scoring in. It was almost automatic. You just knew if the team gave up too many power plays to us, Ovechkin and the rest of the team, Mike Green, Alex Simon, Nick Backstrom, they were going to make you pay. Yeah. Not so much anymore, though in recent history, past couple weeks, the power play has found at least a foothold to build off of, scoring on a couple, which is great. Uh, those, it, and But I think that that really just speaks to how bad the numbers were on the power play for the past, for the season, really. The, the numbers were so fucking bad that it was just so easy to show improvement, and I think the Washington Capitals have done that, though... An improvement is still an improvement. I'm not trying to take it away. I'm just trying to add context. Um, as of right now, the Washington Capitals aren't totally like fucked out of a playoff spot. They don't look great. Um, and some things haven't changed since the start of the season. So my initial criticisms of Carberry and his systems are 
I think number one, his system relies on a more, a harder physical play. And I don't mean hitting. I mean, lots of skating, lots of movement um, and, and incredibly finite execution as well. So like when the Washington Capitals slow it down in their own zone, you know, it looks like on TV that they are able to just easily shoot this puck out of the zone. Instead of doing that, they will go D to D. They will go behind their own net. They will slow it down for a line change. They will slow it down just to let the forwards start to figure it out, float through the offense or float close to the offensive zone, run a cycle in the neutral zone, whatever it may be. But every second that ticks by, the, the forwards aren't generally, unless you're Ovechkin, sitting on the red line and waiting for a tip in deep. Right. Yeah. He's the only one who's standing around. Right. Right. They're moving to get open. They're moving to get open and also not put themselves out of a, uh, out of position if the play does not go well. Um, they, I think it also relies far less on the punishment physicality side of things. There's, you know, we're in past our identity has been get the puck in deep bang bodies let's get pucks to the net let's get bodies to the net you know let's make sure you know when Barry Trotz was here that night in and night out the Washington Capitals would make the opponent pay with a pound of flesh just for showing up to the game just for showing up you're going to get banged up and you know it we've got big bodies we've got guys who can fight we are there to intimidate the other team into making mistakes both with our physical play and with our scoring ability. I think that the physical play and the scoring ability has gone by the wayside, both the personnel and systematic changes, but mostly on the physicality, you know, we're not, I don't, I don't feel like other than aside from like the, you know, third and fourth line that there's a ton of banging going on. Now I don't have any stats to, to back that up, but I do not believe that we are leading the NHL and hits a column in which we were perennial top fives. No, I mean, I I would imagine we're towards the middle, yeah. If that, yeah, um, and you know maybe we're wrong. So you know, if you want to flame, let's go for it. But you know, again, I'm just you know, we're just we're just fans talking shit. Uh, they slow the play down though a lot in their own, and in 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 certain iterations of this, especially against a team like Carolina, who's going to be aggressive on the forecheck and look for that. You know, they probably start frothing at the mouth when the when our own players push it behind our own net. They feel that's an opportunity. Uh, these heavy forechecking teams, and, and again, you know, Carolina is one of them. This is inherently not a bad idea and not a bad system, though it does give me PTSD flashbacks of the Reardon system, which involved like four or five D to D passes behind the net, which just drove me up the fucking wall. We were so slow to break out that the... Opposing team had all night and day to figure out what we were going to do and cover everyone that needed to be covered on the transition. We've, if you've been following us for a while, if you've been listening, we were very critical on Reardon's breakout, and I hated it. That was trash. Yeah, it sucked real bad. <laughs> the buzz, though, was that Carberry was going to come in, fix our PP, and offensive production was going to see a boost, right? You can go back right now and look at articles in which were written about him and how he was going to come in and save the Washington Capitals power play. Really, you would expect to see a boost here and you were, we were going to see a boost in offensive production. We have yet to really see that 
consistently. We've seen it every once in a while, uh, but the power play has been miserable. Our offensive production has been averaging close to basement numbers. The Caps are rocking right now a negative 23 goal differential. That is absolutely abhorrent. That is basement dwelling numbers. That is top, I mean, that is bottom five in the NHL. The only, oh, go ahead. That is. That is disgusting to think that the Washington Capitals could be in that position. Yeah, it's sickening considering offense used to come easy with us. You know, this is just it was going to happen. We we never even had to worry about it, right? And you know, ultimately, it became our downfall because we were so offensive minded that we couldn't play defense in the Boudreaux years, especially. Uh, just for perspective on that negative twenty three goal differential. Montreal is is the only worst team in the in the Eastern Conference, and they're rocking a negative twenty seven, not far off from our negative twenty four goal differential. Uh, Chicago in the rest of the league is negative. <laughs> Chicago is negative fifty eight. Uh, that's that's you know fold the team level, and then you know package the team in a in a burning dumpster and jettison it towards the sun is San Jose at negative eighty one. But yeah. San Jose, you know, they're they're looking at they at one point in the season we had hopes that they were going to usurp the Washington Capitals having the worst NHL season in all of NHL history. And that was our uh inaugural season. It was so bad that at the end of the season they were they were carting around a trash can on the ice and raising it above their heads because the season was so bad. The Washington Capitals were. Uh, I don't expect to see that from San Jose, though they are comparable. Uh, we're second and last in goals for and diving in goals against from middle of the pack. We're still getting some of the lowest average shots per game on net, 27 and a half, and middle of the pack on shots against at 31. So we're relinquishing about league average but we are getting, we are putting shots on net at an all-time low, uh, one of the lowest in the league. All problems, all of these problems have been there since the start of the season or have gotten worse, okay? Uh, so, you know, just some this initial criticism right there. Last year, and if we kind of, you know, let's take a look at like Lavi's team last year. Last year around this time, we were 22, 14, and 6, okay? 22, 14, and 6. It's not a terrible record. That's in the mix of the playoffs for sure, like we are now. This year, though, we're 18, 13, and 6. Again, I did this by dates. So scheduling, you know, when the league actually starts, all of this is is a variable here in, in this data set. So take this with a grain of salt. But we've got several games in hand compared to last year, though we are brinking on the same amount of losses and the exact same amount of OT losses. Last, I don't like so, that. Right. That's not good because, you know, basically we would have to lose one and win the rest of the five games that we have in hand on last season. Uh, last year, at this point, the Caps had two four-game losing streaks and two five-game winning streaks. So we were hot and a little bit cold at times. This year, it's been a little bit more. The, the data set's a little bit more even. This year, we've had three losing streaks of three games or more and three winning streaks one five-game and two three-game winning streaks. So two barely two barrel, barely eligible winning streaks and then one five-game winning streak, which was nice. Um, 
So considerably worse, I would say, this year at this point. Again, grain of salt, scheduling, yada, 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 caps and have games in hand. They still have potential to, to improve on this as of right now. And they had a more effective roster, I think, last year uh, at this point before McClellan said, nah, we're not throwing you a bone. You're trash. Um, with that roster last year, we also had, you know, we had guys like Orlov, Eller, Hathaway, Johansson, Sheary, Osh, Backstrom, Gustafson, Orlov. I put Orlov in twice because that's how much he counted. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so a better team last year uh, on the ice, not a bad team on paper this year. It's just, what are we going to get out of them? Right. And then again, last year, revolving door of injuries, same story this year. So it's, it's, there's, Again, we're trying to just kind of have an honest conversation about coaching this year, like right now. And and, and these are all incredibly important variables that affect wins, affect performance. Right, Paulie? Yeah. I mean, it takes a whole lot of things to, to give you the product you see on the ice. Exactly. Right. It's an orchestra of things, if you will. But right now, uh, you know, that's how this is the tune that we're playing and that's the tune that we were playing last year. Finally though, Ovi has been making decision to share the puck more. He's leading the team as of Sunday uh, in points. Uh, and I believe at this time of recording he has 18 assists and is second only to John Carlson. Uh, I can't tell if this is a coaching thing, like if he's been coached to do this or Ovi doing what he's, what he wants. So I mark this stat is neutral. I would love to see Ovi being burying more. But, you know, points-wise, he's still performing when we look at scoring overall. Absolutely. I mean, um, he's leveraging the threat of him scoring into goals for other guys. So, I mean, while he's not chasing the record, he is still producing yep absolutely and you know i just i just love to hear it because you know the first 10 years of Ovi's career was he's a selfish russian right right euro trash selfish all of the all of the tropes in which you hear about your non non-north american players uh were very much said 10 times 100 times over about ovechkin and now he's leading he you know he's putting out Sidney Crosby numbers. Now, does that make him the best player of the world now? I don't know. Well, he always has been. Exactly. Exactly. Outside of Pittsburgh, at least. Um, <laughs> the positives, though. Young guns are killing it. Let's look at the positives, right? The young guns are absolutely seeing a mark a market increase. Uh, Mike Michael, Strom, Prodos, just to name a few. He's willing to bench guys on performance, which I like. Uh, not to say that other coaches in the past weren't. But, uh, you know, having Mantha sit out, having Milano sit out after just, you know, a couple stretches of a bad games, you know, like a little bit of a streaky badness uh, in their in their play, uh, you know, having them sit out is never out of the question. And generally, when these players come back, they absolutely light it up. Kuznetsov, you know, when he comes back, he scores. Uh, Mantha, Milano, we've seen it multiple times in this short season. Spencer Carberry is not afraid of just getting a black diamond out. No, I I really I appreciate that, you know, because I understand 
people deserve, I guess, more leash as they've had success and whatnot. But, you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, let a guy know that you've had success, but there are still consequences for when you're not doing your job. And something that I appreciate about Carberry is that he never positions this in a way of like, this is a punishment. This is a reset. You are worthy and you are a good player. You just need to take a game off, watch it from the fucking press box, eat the free pizza, eat the free wings, eat the free burgers, you know, have a soda, take a pop, fucking take a load off this game, reset, know what I want you to do, and then come back and do it. And his results have been pretty apparent and good as far as the, in the immediate, you know, uh, so I like it. Um, another thing that I like about Carberry is that he will make in-game adjustments and blend lines. You know, uh, this last game against the Kings, he had Strom centering patches and Ovi. And if that is not an, inc- and they scored, and if that is not a powerhouse, if that is not the three best players on this team playing, uh, together, you know, just looking at individual stats and, and resumes, I don't know what is. I mean, Patch, think, dude, imagine that that line, right? That just having the two wingers be Max Pacioretty and Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah, it's pretty good. In their prime, which would have been, you know, I don't know, five, six years ago, that pair, just Patches and Ovi alone, would probably be enough to get a Western team into the finals. Here we go again with your bias. <laughs> um, Buddy, you know it's true. Wait, wait, what do you mean bias? I'm just telling, I'm just you, what saying. You, mean you know it's true. And if that Uncomfortable were the case, truths is what you're, what I'm ex- expressing right now. If that were the case, then the Oilers would have been in the last couple cups. Well, the Oilers have, large deficiencies in other areas, but they're still a playoff team. They, they look, all you got to do is punch a ticket to the dance and you can go to the finals. I believe it's a well, long yeah, grueling just, tournament, but you know, magic yeah. can happen either way. Yeah. I'm not going to, we won't fine. I'll, I'll expand that. I think that, that, I think it's enough. You have that Alba, that type of Albatross line. I think that's enough to push you deep into the playoffs. If those guys are yeah. on heaters, at the same time in the season. I think it would have it would have been really scary. And I think we would have seen, you know, uh, a koozie type performance more often with that setup. Yeah. And so Well wait, what do you mean by a koozie type performance? Well, the way he went off during the uh, playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. And you have two guys on the same line kind of just crushing it, right? And, you know, those are guys that can – you can – when you have those type of scoring threats, again, when those guys are doing, you know, 40, 50 goals a year, when you you have that type of threat, you can move those guys up and down the lineup and and find mismatches there, right? I mean, it just offers a lot of flexibility. Either way, it's two studs in between our third – our top point getter in in Strom or second at this point – point getter in Strom and our top, our leading score as far as goals go. So, and it's paid off, you know, immediately when they did it, when they had that patches cause a turnover off of Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, 
poor clear and and a very skillful goal resulted undressing the goalie for the kings uh in uh, in cam talbot there <clears throat> last um sunday so just saying that i don't know he's i like that he's willing to make in-game adjustments and it's not just down the bus down the bus every time right i mean that's a, I think that's a pretty large criticism of a lot of NHL coaches that they just stick too largely to their lineup. You're muted, Polly. Anyways, um, sorry. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to mute. I don't know why you're muted, but whatever. Go. What were you saying? Uh, it's nice to. It's nice that the Caps have someone that'll come in and shake things up. You know. Yeah. You don't make an omelet if you don't break some eggs, right? Exactly. And, you know, Lavi would do this too. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that this is a nice trait that I like to see a coach try things out mid-game and not be afraid of it. Um, he's also found, Carberry has also found a, a, an incredible second line, putting McMichael, Protoss, and Mantha together. That's a line that has been together probably the most throughout this season. They found early success, and they continue to drive play, though in recent weeks they've not been able to cash in too much, at least at the clip that they were doing before, yet they are still effective and have been promoted from third line to the second based upon their play on merit. That's the way it should be. Exactly. And so I like that. I would also say, you know, a positive for him, which is a negative for the team, his day one roster was probably the worst in the in the Ovechkin era, with the possibility and, and recovery of a lot of guys, injury, things like that, right? What he was given day one, I think, was the worst in the Ovi era. I definitely don't think I can straight up disagree. Yeah. I mean, we could argue about it, but you'd be wrong. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh Carberry is an awesome motivator. I'll say uh, is more about positive reinforcement or enforcement versus like a Mike Keenan who would uh, just physically assault underperforming players and then call them pussies if they complained. You know, nobody wants to see that. We're in the new age now of hockey. Yeah. Leave that with the dinosaurs. Right. So, look, ultimately I go back and forth on whether all of this is good or bad with the positive reinforcement. I think overall it's good, but sometimes you do have to put the hammer down and really just shit on somebody. But I am, again, I am not an NHL coach for a reason, and uh, that's just me being a little curmudgeon, hard-ass guy uh, when it comes to it. So uh, the name's Hockey Chill for a reason, folks. But, um, you know, sometimes you got to chew guys out, I think though I don't think that that should be your number one move, which it was for many NHL coaches. And I, like I said, Mike Keenan is a huge example. I mean, Roenick, when he was just doing the sandbagger tournament with uh, Biz and, and Ryan Whitney, said that uh, one time, Jeremy Roenick, you know, one of the best American players to ever play the game, flew by a check, and it was not even a, a defensive check. It was like a flew by a check in the offensive zone, came back to the ice, Deject, came to the back, uh, bench dejected and Mike Keenan came over and grabbed him by the neck the neck, not the jersey, the fucking neck grabbed him up and said if you ever fucking fly by another check again you'll never play a, another game in the NHL Jesus now, Ronick being Ronick was like, Mike Keenan's the best most influential person in my career he said that during this clip but I don't think guys these days would respond very well to that no 
I don't think people should be forced to respond very well to that, period. But <laughs> even less so today, right? The players today are, are treated with respect. They know how hard and how elevated the game is at this point. Um, and they expect that everybody around them can appreciate that. Yeah. And I mean, dude, the play that he described was a flyby on a four check for a change. What a <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to get hung up on. Dude's a psycho. Mike Keenan's a fucking psycho, and I can't believe it. I think he's won multiple Stanley Cups. It's fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> but, you know, Babcock, you know, we can name it. We can, we can go down the line of hard-ass coaches, right? But I will say for the Washington Capitals... In recent memory, no hard-ass coaches have ever have ever been successful with this team. Bruce Boudreau, even all the way back to Bruce Boudreau, who's a player's coach. Uh, of course, you know he was always out there. You know, if you fucking want it, you, if if you if you want it, you gotta fucking want it and go out and fucking get it and get your heads head up and your motherfuckers. You know, he'd motherfuck you, but he wouldn't, you know, come down on you and like beat you up or physically assault you or anything crazy like that. Uh, Barry Trotz. I would say was a good blend between players, coach, and just and team guy, right? I mean, he was he was that type of player or coach that would really relate and get all. He he was great at, at, at during his cup run, great at just getting everybody to what he would say. Everybody's got to be pulling on the rope in the same direction. I mean, this is perfect team stuff. I think Carberry takes that to the next level when it comes to niceness. Yeah. So, ultimately, I'm not going to bag on Carberry. I like the hire. I think that he is probably the best coach in this in, in his small sample size. Again, small sample size, so I will save myself here, protect myself on this, on this hot take. But he may be the best coach since Trotz. I really liked Laviolette. I did. At the time, I thought he was the right decision, and I maintain that at the time, he was the exact right decision. It was between him and Gerard Gallant. Um, uh, Carberry was in Toronto. Like, it just wasn't, the, the, the cards weren't there, right? Jeff Halpern was a possibility, but had no head coaching experience. If you're going to take a guy who has gone to three Stanley Cup finals and won one with three separate teams, I would take Lavi all day. And I think that they made the right call. Uh, you know, Philly fans, Carolina fans, you know, whatever. They may not agree, but I thought Lavi was the right call. Paulie, I know you agree with me there. Oh, absolutely. He was the right call. Uh, it seemed like he'd fit in, uh, you know, run a similar type setup that the Trots had, and the roster wasn't too different from the Stanley Cup team. And his track record of coming in and having quick success – um, with an aging Capitals roster, I think made him that much more attractive. Yep. Um, I think he was the right hire. It just didn't pan out the way we thought it would. Right. I or mean, how- you look at Lavi's tenure, COVID, revolving door of injuries during his one season that he actually was able to like run a full camp and have like a full season and do all that stuff was it was brutal for him. Um, <clears throat> so going back to Carberry though, like, you know, I, like I said, I think he's the right hire. And, and again, I think that he's the best coach since Trotz to come into the Washington Capitals organization, but unfortunately he's got fuck all to show for it. 
And I'm making this assessment mostly on vibes. You know, I gave you some numbers, but mostly this is just like a vibe check. Um, and I'm not doing this to pile on. I, I just don't think that, and, and again, like I said, I think that he's doing a good job. I think that he's the right guy. And, you know, while there are some glaring issues like the power play offensive production, uh, he's also got a couple excuses for that being roster injuries, things like that. Um, so I'm not doing this to, to shit on Carberry or pile on, on Carberry. Uh, I just don't think that because he is who he is and he's new that abstains him from criticism. So, you know, we'll just keep that door open. Yeah. Even the new guys can get a, get a no, sir. You don't get all attaboys. Right. Exactly. So, uh, you know, we talked about upping shot volumes. I hope we see a little bit more of that. I think that we really have no option but to create more shots, and, and that'll help drive offense. But, hey, you know, uh, I'm not an NHL coach, though I know for a fact Carberry listens and takes everything that we say for gospel. So, Yeah. What's up, Spencer? Absolutely. So, what's up, bro? Uh, <laughs> anyways, something that, you know, you should do and you should bank on, though, is – DraftKings Sportsbook. We know hockey games move fast. With DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly on bonus bets. That's one of the best offers that we've seen through our entire sponsorship relationship with DraftKings. Love you, mean it, DraftKings. Love you, mean it. But. Right now, Caps fans, you should download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Polly, that ad read, which was pretty much flawless, by the way, um, Drove me up quite the appetite. Well, the oven's just about done preheating. Mmm, mm. it's snack time with Polly Cupcakes. All right, so oh. well, I guess I guess we're talking about World Juniors here, right? I mean, look, dude, it's we've said time and time again, and this is our most extreme form of patriotism, which is USA Hockey. Um, both of us came up through the USA Hockey system. We've uh, learned hockey through the USA Hockey system. We've been involved with hockey post-playing uh, competitively. All USA hockey, uh, of course, because we live in the USA, but also because we love the USA and the hockey. USA. USA. Let's go. Let's go. You know, I think that 
I mean, I, I just I just love to see USA just taking down golds, baby. Yeah, you know, in a sport that was invented north of the border, it just brings me so much happiness when our country is the one who wins it. Absolutely, and I mean, not to mention what's going on in Europe and how good teams are and players are that are coming. I mean, every year you get new names coming from all sorts of places, you know, Czechia, Sweden, Finland, Russia, uh, Germany is, is come up big ways. I don't think it's going to be uh, very long until Great Britain starts sending players over. You know, I mean, I, Australia, we've had, we've had Nathan Walker. I mean, there's tons of places. And then even farther east, you know, the KHL has a Chinese team. It's in, uh, I think, Kunlun. Uh, and then, you know, we've got, you know, uh, Jonas Siegenthaler is one of the first, if not the first, player of Thai descent that's been in the NHL. You know, the more diversity that you can get into these, into this league is is the best, you know, the better. So uh, I'm here for it. But all that to say, I still want USA to win an international play every single time. Yeah. And this year we're the best. Let's go. Yeah. So... You know, we've been talking about it last couple episodes. Uh, in case you haven't caught on yet, USA won the gold in World Juniors. That was a win over Sweden, the host, which is a little double extra sweet, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, being the home team. You know, so, so, the you know, Team USA and Sweden actually both won their groups. Uh, Sweden won Group A, U.S. won Group B, and they both rode that uh, top rank all the way through to the championship. Sweden actually took overtime to beat Switzerland in the first round, which is, uh, you know, probably not what anyone would have expected. But then uh, Team USA... They won 7-2 to over Latvia in their first uh, elimination game. And then in the semifinals, Sweden beat Czechia 5-2, to who had eliminated Canada. And that was last year's to, gold. That was last year's gold winner, right? Um, yeah, last year Canada beat Czechia for gold. Oh, silver. Okay, silver winner. Yeah. So Czechia is no, no slouch, you know, home of Yarmir Yager. Yeah, um, and Team USA was playing Finland in the uh, semifinals. Finland actually jumped down to a two nothing lead, and it looked a little scary, but Team USA kept their shit together and slowly clawed back for a three to two victory, and uh, that set up. Team USA in Sweden. Uh, this game was close for a while. And then Team USA just kind of took control in the second half of this game. Ended up being 6-2 to two for the Team USA win. Ryan Leonard, Caps prospect, had a goal in the championship. Um, Czechia ended up getting the bronze, which is interesting because they beat Finland for bronze, and Finland is like the habitual Olympic bronze winner. 
they seem to almost they seem to win it just a high percentage of the time. Right. Um, but Czechia coming off of a silver gets a bronze. Team USA first gold since 2021, and you know, good time to be an American. You know, this reminds or doesn't remind me. You reminded me of a story before the show. Yeah. Um, about Sweden, and it was the Olympics when we were in college, and they were going to play Finland, and you said you thought Sweden was going to win. Yeah. Because um, you said we were talking at your house, and you were watching me shower. And, what? Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we were in separate rooms, and I had an eye shot to the to the fucking bathroom. Um, I mean, I'm not embarrassed by that, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's what I said because you know at that point Sweden was a powerhouse. You know they had, they had torn yeah. through competition. They were they were heavily favored going into this matchup. Well, yeah, and you know they probably had the Sedins and Lundqvist and all yeah. the guys, right? Um, but I told you that Sweden chokes, and perennially, I mean they always choke in world competition. It seems especially against Finland, who is their neighboring rival, right? I mean, Sweden-Finland rivalry is huge. You know, I bet that Swedes probably relish the chance to play Finland, you know, and that's probably why Finland put up such a good fight in the semis against Team USA, because they knew that if they could get into a gold medal competition against Sweden, that they were going to be able to probably take gold home. Um, You know, I mean, I think, uh, and you were just like, that's what Sweden does, man. They just choke in the big games, and they absolutely did here. Yeah, and they, you know, aside from their 06 Olympic win, I don't – I think I mean, they win World Juniors every now and then, I think. Well, no, not World Juniors. They've won some U18 tournaments. Actually, interesting is they kept mentioning during the, uh, the broadcast that – this group of guys from Team USA and Sweden have basically been going back and forth since their U18 days. Yeah. So there was a, this was a bit of a like a last chance for these guys to all settle the score against each other. And Team USA got the last laugh here. Uh, but I mean, it was it was a great tournament. The Caps <laughs> prospects looked good. Yep. Now everybody's back to playing college hockey. Right. With, I mean, imagine, like, all right, you win gold World Juniors. You're going back to Boston or Michigan or, you know, Harvard, wherever the fuck you're at. And you just walk into the room, metal around your neck. That's what I'd do. What's up, boys? Yeah. Just be flaunting it, dude. And because everybody's going to want to see it, man, I, I I would, as a teammate, if I wasn't the guy bringing the medal in, I would absolutely want to see that thing. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be gassing them up. Yeah, so sick. Um, and of course, you know, being in the U.S., like there's probably U.S. players in the NCAA that were just like super pumped about it and, and loving it. So uh, all good stuff. And, and, you know, what about the reaction of the USA boys just being cocky as fuck on their celly? What do you yeah. think about all that? I love it. I mean, me too. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm past the, the old days of 
you score a goal and you just like pretend nothing happened. You know, I, that, that old hockey view, I'm done with that. And I like <laughs> people having the emotion and maybe being a little bit of jack offs out there. That's all right. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think anything they did was like super over the line. I mean, Ryan Leonard blowing a kiss to the crowd and then like, you know, hand to the ear. Yeah. I don't think that's terrible. Look, they're at home. Um, Sweden had a lot of expectations, did not meet them. And at this point, the USA had the game securely in hand. And yeah, they showed their ass a little bit. But hey, you know what? I mean, I'm sure the crowd was booing them. And, and you know, I hear in Europe that if you whistle uh, at, you know, when, when you hear whistles, <clears throat> especially in Russia, that's a, a taunt. That's like boo. So whistling, uh, I guess, in, in European, especially Russian hockey, is like booing. So either way, uh, the people in Gothenburg were not happy. <laughs> and and having their home team in the gold medal round get rung up for six and they can only muster two would not have been a great look. And, you know, hey, you pile on a little bit. You're a kid. These, these kids are 18 to 16 years old, you know, top age there is 20. Like, yeah, I mean, you're, you, uh, you're winning like that. I think that you deserve to, to enjoy the spoils just a tiny bit. I don't think, you know, if, if he like spit into the crowd and like gave him the finger, or like mooned him, did something absolutely atrocious, I probably wouldn't be on board, but you know, a little, a little blow of the kiss, and then uh, you can't hear. I can't hear you, or let me hear you. Uh, gesture, acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. Well within his rights. Yeah, um, and then of course, obviously, Twitter and the internet uh, of non-Americans was a f- ablaze with criticism and, and just butt hurtness, and yeah, that makes it better too. I like that as well. Um, so. Awesome showing for Team USA, baby. Let's go. Yeah, they made it worth watching. Yeah, and I mean, uh, congratulations to Sweden for the uh, the silver. We'll give them that. And then uh, Chechia for the bronze, man. I mean, think about all the Eastern European guys who are going to be coming through uh, from Chechia to the NHL. You know, I look at the World Junior Tournament as kind of being like the last time you get to be a kid. No responsibilities. You're just playing hockey at the best you yeah. can. Yeah. You know, I, li- I like that. Yeah. So good for the boys. So happy to see it. Uh, kind of uh, an announcement came out too. the 2026 Royal Junior. So it's weird the years uh, because the, the um, tournament goes over the, the year. Uh, mark right so they spend you know after christmas and end of the new year in this situation or in the tournament um it's like what year is it really <laughs> so it right. ends up the the medal gets the medal ceremony happens in in like 2024 the next year from when the the tournament starts but in 2026 right. it'll be in minnesota man i mean how fucking awesome is that where the usa is getting it again You've got two years to save up for plane tickets and hotels and game tickets. I was just talking to Isha Jerome, who's now in Minnesota. Uh, I am, you know, depending on how things go in the next two years, 
I would really enjoy going to that tournament. You know, I've heard because of um, they play in multiple rinks in the city. And Minnesota has a ton of rinks, right? I'm guessing it's going to be around Minneapolis, I believe. Um, I've always wanted to go to Minneapolis um, and check it out. I've heard it's like a really great beer city. Shout out State of Hoppy. Uh, And then, uh, you know, just the vibes supposedly are immaculate there in Minnesota. I'm strongly considering just taking a week and going. Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. You want to go, Polly? I I want to, yeah. <laughs> Take the family. I I may do that. To the frozen tundra of Minnesota in the height of winter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I mean, I would love to get, you know, I'm that's definitely something I'm going to be looking into. Um would love to would love to see it and and you know, maybe catch like an elimination game and, and if I can get tickets to the gold medal game, that'd be awesome. Um, but I think it's fair to say, man, I've never seen international hockey played live. Me neither. So uh, probably, you know, nothing that I've identified as a bucket list item, but now that we're talking through it, you know, like I've never seen international hockey played live. It'd be cool to see it at the, you know, top level uh, other you know outside the olympics when it comes to hockey yeah yeah that would be awesome yeah and of course i haven't been to minneapolis or minnesota uh, so i would love to uh, explore that town and you know have a few drinks eat a few meals see some snow watch some international hockey yeah good stuff all right paulie well Congratulations to the USA uh, World Juniors team. Yeah, good job, guys. And congratulations to us and every other American listening. Gold medal. Yeah, we did it. We did it. It was all us. Yeah. (laughs) You got anything else? No. All right. Well, Caps fans, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for letting us pontificate to you and really just kind of air our grievances or just talk about whatever we wanted on this Thursday episode. Until Monday, Arctral, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You follow me, Holly Cupcakes, at Holly underscore Cupcakes on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>